situation with American learned a possible hijack. The terror group Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. What's going on, Betty? The crap is erratic again. Father, are you ready? Hold on just a moment. We've got an explosion inside. The building is exploding right now. you got people running up the street. Okay. Hold on, I'll tell you what's going on. So you have no idea right, right oh, now? Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. <gasps> right. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Another plane has just hit. It hit another building. Oh. Flew right into the middle of it. <gasps> explosion. Oh my God. It's right in the middle of the building. There has just been a huge explosion. We can see... Uh, a billowing smoke rising, and I can't, I'll, I'll tell you that I can't see that second tower. Huge cloud had, had kind of enveloped that part of lower Manhattan. You saw people being wheeled on gurneys away from the site of the explosion. People were coming out with masks over their face. Report now that a large plane crashed this morning uh, north of the Somerset County Airport, which is in western Pennsylvania, not too terribly far from Pittsburgh. We don't know if this is somehow connected to what has gone on in New York and Washington, but we do know that another plane has crashed this one about 80 miles south of Pittsburgh. Welcome back to the Wasted Potential Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Austin. Today, I'm joined by Dustin. What's going on, everyone? I'm also joined by Adam. Hello. And Dakota. How's it going? All right. Today is going to be a little different. This is the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and our bonus episode. So we're going to start out with a 17-second moment of silence. It stands for at 8.46 a.m., Flight 11 crashed into the North Tower, and at 9.03 a.m., Flight 175 crashed into the South Tower. So right now, we are going to do our 17-second moment of silence. Alright, so from here on out, we're going to talk about stories about individuals that either passed or survived in the towers and talk about our personal experiences and all of that. So, first of all, I want to say our thoughts and prayers are with anyone who lost a loved one or is still suffering from the debris clearance. Like, there's many first responders out there that are having lung issues and are still difficulties trying to survive. So, thoughts are with you. Dustin, what's going on, man? How? Not as I mean, it's a special day, but uh, a day that I think most of us will definitely not forget, especially if we were obviously born pre nine eleven. You were you yeah. were born after, correct? No, I was born or before before my yeah, bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was born yeah, yeah. eight months. Uh, yeah, I'd say just just 
just about eight months before this happened. So I don't have two months. Obviously, I didn't really know exactly what was going on at the time due to me being an infant practically. But, you know, it's still, still, you know, it's part of my lifetime. And it's something that, you know, needs to be remembered. Yes, it does. Very young, so yeah. you don't have many experiences. Uh, Brett, yeah. or Dakota, we're calling you Dakota this week. Dakota, what was yeah. your experience? Uh, well, I was born in 98, so I was three. Yeah, yeah, about three. Yeah, I believe I was at a babysitter's house at the time, which is only forty-five minutes away from the towers. Forty-five minutes. Yeah. Was was it like hectic there, like people going crazy since they were so close, or? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to remember. Yeah, three years old. You remember a lot, though, so I figured you... <laughs> I can't help it. I do not remember that much. He no, was a, he was you a know young who does remember? Yep. Ad-Rock. Adam. Adam. I, I, was, uh, I was 16 when, when that happened. I was can in high recall, school. Can you recall what you were doing? Oh, I was in time? class. I was in class at school. What class were you in? Oh, God. I think home ec, to be honest. Oh, see, because that, that's yeah. like something that a lot of people like, like especially like um, older people that one nine eleven. They know exactly where they were, exactly what they were doing at that time. Oh yeah, we were cooking. Cooking, what, just you know cooking. cooking. Uh, not exactly. No, I could not remember that. <laughs> if you no, I feel couldn't. Like if I was cooking some yeah. mashed potatoes, and you knew exactly no, I don't what remember. That'd be no. impressive. But no, I mean after that, while we were in the middle of cooking. We heard over the intercom what was going on, and then every TV in that school was turned on, and Man. that was that was pretty much the rest of the day. Everybody just trying to console each other and try to see what was going on. We also like in my school, I do remember people actually having loved ones and people there, being you know at the trade towers yeah. and in around those you know places at the time. So. so- they Did were, you uh, go to school the next day? Was school open like normal? Do you remember? Because oh. I, I mean, if I, I had don't, imagined, I, 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 I don't I, think. I, th- I think we, I think we did, but it was still like, it was like an education about what's kind of going on, what's going on in the world. I mean, they, you, they were, we all, I think we, we all did go back to school, but it was still some of us. I mean, a lot of people didn't, but. Yeah, I mean, I I could see why parents would want to keep their kids home after a day like that. Yeah, I'm sure, like, a lot of the schools that were within, like, the New York area, and maybe even, like, a couple of, like, um, like, some of the schools around, like, the Washington, the Washington, D.C. area, and, like, surrounding states, just kind of within that East Coast, I'm sure a lot of them were probably closed. Probably just for Pittsburgh area, too. Yeah, just for safety, safety reasons at that point. You know, they didn't know, they didn't know what was, you know, what was going to happen next, like. There's a lot of everything. I'll say this right after that. Within two days, everything, the whole atmosphere of being around, you know, in the United States, just changed. Yeah, I would say for a lot of people, that's like the day everybody says like changed everything. Especially like being in high school, we were 
back then very impressionable we were still learning we were trying to figure out what's you know what we're still trying to do what we're getting into so it was a little just like eye-opening back then definitely eye-opening funny is not the right word i'm trying to use here but i'd say ironic it's ironic that 9-11 caused the longest war and that on the 20th anniversary that war has come to an end yeah it's kind of crazy it's kind of it's weird like it's you know it's it's weird that the fact that my entire life to think we've been at war. Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's weird. It's it's yeah. a weird thought, you know, for me. Yeah, that's all. That's all we've ever done since I've been I, alive. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm about almost 22 now. So, yeah, pretty much my whole life now, it's just been war over, the, you know, the event that happened on 9-11. And yep. so, I mean, yeah. what was it? Four plane, Four planes? Or yep. four plane, different plane crashes, obviously, yeah. Yeah. And just, they were worried, I know, I mean, they were worried that the White House was going to be targeted, and, you know, oh, you know, I just... There were so many more places, and, I mean, talk about airplanes at the time, they were just, there were no no more, like, t- like, well, it was really, really hard to get on a plane at all. It was hard to get well, on? Uh, yeah, I think like it was just easier. Yeah, it was at, easier no, back then. No, no, no. Like after, after. Oh yeah, yeah. After everything. Yeah. Nine forty-five a.m. All done. U.S. airspace was shut down. Shut down. So within what? ten minutes after the plane hit the Pentagon, the flight seventy-seven hit the Pentagon. They shut down all U.S. airspace. So yeah, there was it, no flights for the foreseeable future. Yeah. No. Yeah. We went. It was no more flying, no more, you know, traveling, anything was just... And, a, and you also have to think, I mean, I don't know the exact time that aircraft and all that was shut down, but once it all resumed, like, the amount of, like, security changes, everything oh, it that was changed, in... like, you know, the TSA and all that has completely changed how you travel oh, in and out of that country. Like, yeah. everywhere. I mean, they'll search you for, like... Anything you can't go anywhere without you know, being searched. The goal is for no. something like this to never happen again. Yeah, hopefully anywhere. Yeah. They've. You know, I'll, I'll but... say this: they've actually relaxed a little bit since then. A I, little I can't bit. Speak on airport wise because I've I'm, never been I've, to one. I've flown. You know, you guys know me. I've I've flown quite a bit. So yeah, no, they they've relaxed quite a bit. Yeah, I'd but see. still, That's not what you want to hear really? No, I mean, I mean air... not. not I, it's hard to say relaxed. I mean, instead of so many checkpoints, they got more thorough on other ways of finding out. They um, technology wise, yeah, technology it, has advanced, it, so it's less advanced. stressful for yes. you to get through security. Exactly, you're not getting yes. pulled aside into different areas. Uh, and I mean, like, there's you know, TSA like by the tenfold back then. Now it's gotten a lot lighter. There's, but the technology now we have helps out so much more. Which but is the, nice. the other thing I want to say is air travel is still the safest form of travel we have. Oh yeah, it is one. It is by by I, by hundreds of percents. I would have to assume. Yeah, especially nowadays. You know, I it love is flying. Extremely safe over being in a car, probably being in a boat, being on a train, um, and just the safety precaution. Like you have to think. I I would assume like still on subways and stuff. Like they still have so many issues with like you know. When the pandemic was at its highest rate, like I'm sure, like the subways, like you were still having a lot of like issues with if they were clean or not, versus like planes, like they they've kept them like super strict and how they oh, know, yeah. fly a plane and 
They keep them clean. From what I hear, obviously. I mean, I haven't been on a train or a plane during the entire pandemic. But yeah, so um, oh, yeah, to, to wrap up this little segment here, uh, my personal experience, um, I was two at the time. Well, almost two. So obviously I'm not going to remember much. But what I was told was I was getting a bath when it happened. Oh. So all I, all I know is my parents ran out. They were like, the first one hit, they just saw it was like an accident, like a, like a, you know, didn't think it was a oh, terrorist yeah. attack. Then the second one hit, and then that's when everybody knew, you know, America was at war. What and was the, what was the plane that landed on the, was it the Hudson? Was that the Hudson River, the one plane landed yeah. on? Is that, yeah. that's New York, right? Yes. Yeah, so like, you gotta think, like a situation like that, <laughs> a plane was, you know, flying super low in that area before. So they could have just thought it was like a missed takeoff, or it was they they either they could have called just for a mayday or something. Like they didn't know. Like that first plane, you just don't know what happened, and then you wait. What, what is what what is it? Seventeen minutes, and then here yes. comes another one. I mean, like everyone just, was just in shock that it happened. They didn't think it was a terrorist attack, but when, when as soon as the second one hit, everybody knew what was going on. Like I don't know if you guys have seen President Bush when he was talking <laughs> to the kids. I don't yeah, you've seen that video. When the Secret Service comes up, and he—I watched it live. He he handled that like a pro, like he didn't scare the kids. Like just get up and run away. Like he knew America was at war, and he he kept us calm. He yeah. he was calm, but he did. I'll say this: he did get up and go, and that's how everybody knew something else was going on. That's what if you were an adult at that time, you knew when that guy got yes, up the way he, that he did. It was yeah. I mean, he was calm about every little bit. And he, he just he had kids, which no yeah important. yeah and all, he got out of there straight straight to work yeah I mean and every time when nine eleven like obviously the news all news networks they kind of do like a remembering nine eleven like um, I guess you can call it like a segment almost in the morning mm-hmm. and I mean just when just sitting there rewatching it every time I mean it's just it still shocks me every time I have to you know watch it anytime I watch it's a still video. Emotional. And you just you just watch it happen and just think like how how does this how does something like this happen? You know, it's just something you always have to think to yourself. You know, it's just to kamikaze a, a plane is just yeah. with with innocent people on it. Like that's that that's what gets me the most is when you're using innocent people's lives against like their own country. Hmm. It just doesn't. Yes. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to wrap your head around that. Oh yeah. It's just some evil no people way. out there in the world that don't care about anything or anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, there's a, I mean, with everything still going on with, you know, obviously the United States leaving Afghanistan, you just, you just hope for the best at this point and just hope that, that the uh, Taliban just don't come to power, to extreme power and, you know, try to redo something like this. Try to act up again. Yeah. And I mean, you just, I'm, I'm not, going to say it was a good thing but the positive outlook on the way the country came together after the occurrence was something that everyone should look at at that time like yeah. just see how it didn't matter about your politics or anything like the whole country came together after this happened just wish the country was a little more together today it's just uh it, it's gonna be tough and you know that's something Definitely. you might that you might yeah like War brings the country together as much as you know, I hate to say it, but you just war may be the option, you know, for the country sometimes. 
You know, not every war is great to go into war, go into battle, because you're obviously you're sending, you know, American lives, you know, at stake. But sometimes you just have to, you know, if they're they're willing to risk their life, and I think and we all need a we all need to, you know, respect that that we at, have people at out the there time that want to protect us. Yeah, at the time when when almost three thousand people die, everybody in a uniform wanted to go to fight that war. Because you just yeah. watched 3,000 <clears throat> civilians die from a terrorist attack. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that should never have happened. I don't know how many no. times like I, I can express that, but no, it's yeah. just you'd never, you'd never ho- hope to see it again, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, it yeah. happened and just the zero, zero, um, zero, how do I want to put it? Uh, I mean, well, zero respect from the Taliban. It, it was coward what they did. Absolute coward. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. There's no other way around that. Um, you know, because as much as, as bad as Pearl Harbor was, I still like to say that the kamikazes that did that and people that were wearing uh, Japanese uniforms, once they realized that the U.S. didn't get the message that they were going to war with us, like a lot of them, like, Killed themselves out of out of respect because they couldn't live their life knowing that they pretty much you know used a sneak attack uh, tactic well you know at war you know because obviously the Japanese they are highly like respectful when it comes to this type of stuff you know obviously what they did you know she still don't want to see happen you know on American soil technic well Pearl Har- was Pearl Harbor technically American soil yeah okay. yeah and so you never want to see your own you know. Your country attacked, but you, you at least show a little empathy that you know they what they, they didn't want to sneak attack us. They wanted to announce war. See, and it just didn't get to us. I um, I don't know how I feel about that, but I I think it's a little easier to know that they tried to attack our our servicemen. Mm-hmm. The terrorists went for our civilians, and that's where the difference lies. I feel like. I well, don't know the, if the, ta- feels the Taliban. That way. Japan's yeah. still technically terrorists in that situation. Well, I, yes, I, I meant the Taliban. The yeah. Taliban went for our citizens. Yeah, it, it's just when when you're a coward at war, you just you. I don't think anybody's going to back you at all, and that's why I said like, obviously you don't want Pearl. You know, obviously Pearl Harbor should have never happened as well. But you show just a little tiny bit of respect that they tried to actually they had, they went they wanted to announce war before they attacked and the message due to time zones just got mixed up and they attacked what was it wasn't it like two hours early I'm not too sure I think it was like it was like it was only a couple hours early when they attacked but Avraki right. or Adam right. you good yeah <laughs> you good buddy when when you said time zones. They got mixed up. Yeah. I kind of lost a little bit. Why? Because the time zones got mixed up. Yeah, what? How's that? Adam, are you feeling all right? Yeah, no, it just made me laugh, okay? They just, I guess they, they, like, they just weren't aware, like, when the message was going to arrive. They got mixed up on the timing of when it would arrive technically. So they went early. And I've, it just sucks because I I can only imagine. I mean, this isn't about Pearl Harbor, but I can only imagine you know being on the, one of the ships and then all of a sudden it just bombs are being dropped on you. So it's just yeah. I mean, 
that's just sad. In same thing. Way. I mean, same thing with nine eleven. A lot of these people woke up in the morning, went to work, and you know they sitting there doing work. It's early in the morning, just oh, working yeah. at a desk, and and a lot of them, you know, yeah, if it, it was a like a nine to five job, yeah, a lot of them are showing up at you know eight eight thirty. You got to think. You know, you could and you could have only been fortunate to have been sick or have had scheduled time off at that you know on that day. You would only have been fortunate and lucky. Dakota. Yo. Can you tell us a little bit about Flight ninety three? What a transition. <laughs> well, I mean that's the next wow. it's the next <clears throat> thing in the timeline. Oof. With the you it's know, during this day. Alright, well, Flight 93 was one of the four planes that was taken over. It took off from New York, uh, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, the uh, the airport has been renamed to. Oh, you guys know the airport? I, I do Freedom not. Airport? Liberty Airport. I don't know airports for really. no. sure. I passed it like three times in one month. Sorry. That's all right. Um, it's been renamed. We acknowledge yes. that. Uh, took off at eight forty-two in the morning. Uh, four minutes later, is when Flight Eleven struck. So as soon as that plane took off, there was uh, their, uh, their moves were already in motion. Um, at nine oh three, uh, Flight One Seventy Five struck the next tower. Uh, at around nine thirty ish is when the terrorists finally finally made the motion to take over ninety three. At that point, they were exiting Pennsylvania. Uh, made it to almost the western side of Erie. Did a complete U turn and started coming back. Uh, just following the U turn is when Flight seventy seven struck the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then around 20 minutes after the the other plane, uh, the passengers and the crew started the struggle to take over the plane. And then within a minute, three minutes after the first initial struggle, Al-Qaeda went into a full vertical descent. Which is struck. also which was also known as a nosedive. A nosedive, yes. And struck Stony Creek Township at ten oh three in the morning at five hundred and sixty three miles per hour. Yeah. At the at at the site you were not able to tell that a plane was even in the area at all. The debris mm. was just so minuscule. There was just nothing left, and that the crash site was only twenty minutes from the Capitol. Yeah, and that was what they believed that was heading either towards the Capitol or towards the White House. Correct. That's what correct. they thought. That's where that one was heading. Yeah, and it's just it's once again it's just out of luck, uh, fortune, whatever you want to call it. That those people fought back, and yeah, a lot of like nowadays, you know, it's protocol where if something's happening on a plane like a lot of the passengers now will give a hand and fight back against somebody that's trying to like either take over the plane or making a scene like they just they they don't let it happen anymore 
Yep, they got to do yeah. the right thing. They, they have restraints now to stop that type of stuff from happening, and it's just, it's unfortunate. It, it's just, this day was unfortunate. Dustin, do you have a story that you want to tell? Yeah, I have a story about a guy. His name is Joe Torillo. He was a firefighter that he was stationed, I believe, at Station 10, which uh, was directly across the street from the uh, towers. And he was right outside the building. He was obviously right outside them when they were both hit. And he was actually right directly underneath the South Tower as it started to collapse. And he had seconds to start running, but he was buried underneath, the um, obviously, the rubble, the concrete, the steel, all that. Buried underneath. He, he had, I mean, he has a story that you can listen to the entire thing. But he was buried, and, you know, he, he says that he pretty much he got pinned. He broke all of his ribs. Uh, snapped his arm, uh, ripped up his shoulders. Just he—he he was completely mangled, and he was—he said that it was pretty much you were starting to suffocate. Then you could hear the people screaming. Then the screams would start uh, turned into people crying, and then fires broke out. Then the smoke happened. And then the crying turned into whim- like whimpering, and then the whimpering he says just turned into silence. I believe I want to say he was pinned there for, when he say, it was like a half hour. Hmm. And um, right. he was under there for a half hour. Finally, he's, he's getting rescued. He gets, uh, gets rescued. He gets put on a boat that's supposed to go across the river to New Jersey. As he's being put on the boat, I believe that's when the North Tower collapses. And he gets pinned again and gets completely trapped underneath the North tra- Tower on the boat and gets trapped in the engine room. And he was stuck in the engine room, suffocating, dying once again, you know, just begging God to end his life because he didn't want to take the pain anymore. And he was there for it. He was trapped for another hour. Finally, they get, they get him back out, and he's, um, he gets taken across the river over to the New Jersey hospital. And he was pretty much pronounced dead for three days because they misidentified him. And they didn't. They thought he died, you know, from the first tower. He was misidentified. He was pronounced dead for three days. Oh my god! And I believe he started. He started. He was a firefighter at Station Ten. I believe in. I want to say it was 1980. I want to say 1985. It was in the 80s. I know that. So he was there for a while, and just I can only imagine being trapped not once, but being trapped twice, thinking that you're just gonna die. I mean, he got a, He was trapped, obviously, for a total time of at least an hour and a half. Just you're, and you don't, you don't have ribs, so like you're just you're breathing. You can't breathe. You're just breathing smoke and debris, and just. I don't even want to imagine that, dude. I like, I mean, he puts it. He puts it in. A, you know, not in good in good sense, but you know, he tells the story and just it's the a miracle. Suffering he went through, begging. You know, I mean, I. Just begging, begging for, for your life, life to end. Life, yeah. Begging for to for his not begging to stay alive. He was begging to die. You know, he had no he had no care to live anymore. Yeah, just the the amount of pain that he was going through. I, I mean, I could, I can't imagine it. I just I can't. That's such a sad story. Yeah. Um, Adam, what's your story? Well, 
It's about Stanley Plymouth. 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 Yeah, Plymouth. Yeah, yeah, Plymouth. That's what his name was. Plymouth is uh, like the Plymouth Rock where the Pilgrims came across. He started trying to, when the first one actually hit, he started trying to climb out of his, he was in the South Tower while the first one hit. Started climbing, trying to get out of the place. Well, he was told by the security guards, everything's okay, just go back to work. Everything will be all right. We can start going down. Well, with, by the time they got back to his office, well, by the time he got back to his office, the second one hit, which the left wing went straight through his building. The first like, being the North Tower, the, the second yeah, being the South Tower. South Tower, yeah, he was in the South Tower. The, the wing, left wing, said stripped straight through you know what, his do office. Do you know what floor he was on, on in the South Tower? Uh, I believe he was on the 81st floor. Ah, so he's up there. Yeah. Wow. Then yeah. he got he got trapped. He was there the entire time till a bunch of coworkers came and actually lifted him out, got him twenty stories up because they thought going up would have been a lot better. Because they couldn't get down because of the fires. It was too smoky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you can you just like, just think of like the human decency there? Like everyone's panicking, running for their life, and you still yeah help others. Mm-hmm. It tells you the type of people that were there that day. They yeah. got up to uh, they got up to the eighty third floor actually. They all stay on the eighty first. Well, yeah, because you're trying yeah. to get away. They got to think. They're trying to get away from the heat. Yeah, and the fire. You know? Yeah, it's so they just, just kept. They kept going up. They were told to to stay in their rooms. Like when they yeah. were calling, like emergency, they were calling nine one one, and they were telling them just to stay in there. It'll be fine. They'll come get you. And yeah, the protocol after I mean, it's completely yeah different after, now. It's yeah, completely different. So they they went up. Yep. All right. So uh, I want to. I just want to touch on that for a second. To think if they would have had like proper protocol like we have nowadays with evacuations and you practice evacuations, to think how many more people could have survived if they yeah. had a proper evacuation plan. I mean, obviously you can't uh, plan for no, what happened, something like that. But yeah, that's if you if they could have had some type of evacuation plan in place that would have helped kept people calm that, and. Well, that's a that's a no calm situation. You, there's nothing. There's no amount of training, no amount of training that could ever, ever get you to the point where that's okay. Well, if that know, happens, no, I'll be all right. You're never gonna say be at a point where it's okay, but you need. But they could have had but enough training be that they wouldn't have caused like stampedes and how many there was people yes. that got trampled on the evacuation and they yeah. weren't able to get out then you know you have to that's why like you just in school i mean in school you learn to evacuate you know you pretty much worry about the guy in front of you that's your job when you're evacuating you worry about the person in front of you because if everybody worries about the person in front of them everybody's going to get out you start turning around it's no good you start turning around you're going to get trampled so you have to worry about the person in front of you they start falling you try to pick them up if you can't pick them up you have to keep going because you can't hold everybody up. But yep. 
Go ahead. Rhino, do you need to add to that, or you got, no, you got a story I, of your own? I will go to my story. My story is on a man named Rick Rescorla. He, uh, he was a U.S. Army officer, also, also a British, British paratrooper. He worked for the director of security of Morgan Stanley. He actually anticipated air attacks due to the vulnerable nature of the building and pleaded with the firm to find a new office space. They couldn't because of lease agreements. So Rick enforced regular drills so employees knew how to evacuate in case of emergency. He was supposed to be home, but was recover, recovering for a co-worker who called out that day. Mm. He is credited for mm. saving 2,700 people for his drills and helping them get out that day. He was singing inspirational songs into a megaphone while escorting people in and out, well, out, not in, of the building. And on the phone, he, he called his wife while he was doing He said, stop crying. I have to get these people out safely. If something should happen to me, I want you to know I've never been happier. You made my life. After successfully evacuating most of Morgan Stanley's 2,700 employees, he went back into the building. When one of his colleagues told him he, too, had to evacuate the World Trade Center, he replied, as soon as I make sure everyone else is out. He was last seen on the 10th floor heading upward shortly before the South Tower collapsed at 9.59 a.m. His remains were never found. Mm. Just somebody that was willing to risk their life to save as many as he could. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's definition of being American right there, if you ask me. A hero. And just, just think of the 2,700 he's credited for saving. There were 2,996 victims. He it saved been... quite a bit of people from dying that day for, no. because of his drills and his expertise knowing that something like that might happen. And he was prepared mm. more than mm-hmm. everyone else. That's what, and one person was able to save that many people, and that's why I go back to just saying if there was proper evacuation plans in place, mm-hmm. the death number could have been halved, at least. Yep. Well, what they, I try to say is, if you were if you were below the plane where the plane struck, if you were below that, no doubt you should still be alive today. If there was proper evacuation in place, you would have been alive. Yes, and I wanna I wanna add two quotes here from President Bush, two of the quotes that I found it, that I that I liked. Number one, he said, "We will remember every rescuer who died in honor. We will remember every family that lives in grief. We will remember." And the other one is one of the worst days in American history. It saw some of the bravest acts in American history. I thought those mm-hmm. were great statements. Yeah, I mean, there's mm-hmm. plenty yeah. more out there, but. I'm the everything obviously when something like this happens, something this uh dramatic, heinous. it always heinous. Heinous I mean, call it what you want, it falls back on the sitting president at the time. No matter what it is, it's his job to, you know, take responsibility and take control of the situation. So I mean, at the end of the day, I think his words mean the most out of anybody's that day. And I I haven't been to the nine eleven museum, but I follow them on Instagram. And like seeing some of like the the stuff they have still there in the museum is is it's cool, but also like eerie in a way. Like anything from stairs to cr- crushed fire trucks to like anything from the collapse that was like salvageable for a museum. It's I I could I can imagine the people that survived that day 
that were, you know, whether they were in the building, whether they were in the surrounding outside of the building, and or if they've ever been in the building, you know, if they see something that they potentially walked on before or walked past, just the the thoughts going through their head, you know, because I'm sure, like, if it if it's a something that was on like the thirty second floor. You know, a lot of people can identify it and say, hey, that was on that floor. And then everybody that's like, oh, I kind of, you know, I know where that was or I've walked past that. Mm-hmm. You know, just the memories that come back to memories them. Memories you, you don't really want. It's like a PTSD, really. Mm-hmm. And there's people, I, there's people with this thing that they don't go in buildings that are more than 10 stories high now. Just to the fear mm-hmm. of being trapped in them if something's starting to happen. But, yeah, it's just... It's unfortunate. That's really gonna, that's all I have to got, say. Yeah, I got one more thing to say. Just remember that 3,000 people went to bed that night, woke up the next morning to go to work, and never returned home. So just make sure you tell everyone you love them, right, your family, because you never know when it could be your last day. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's Anyone just... else got any other statements? Or comments, Dad. Um, Love never, all your faces. Never forget this day. No, not never. not in ten years. Not in twenty years. Never forget this day, and never forgive those that attacked us. I, I will not forget. Time, time. Not there's not enough time in life to forgive them for what no. they did to America. Not at all. But that's that's all I have to say. Yep. Maverick, anything else? No. I'm Red, good. you got any final final statements? No. All right, Rhino, roll us out of here. All right, well, that's been our 9-11 bonus episode. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.